the most important thing you could share with me today is your perspective. Because the freedom of perspective fuels the logic we use to defend truth. We never stop fighting for freedom and truth, and that is what makes us Americans. Welcome to Critical Thought with Noah Chalaya. News Radio 1310 KNOX 107.9, 103.3 FM. Good morning, 10.07 and 21. My name is Noah Chalaya. I am your host. Delighted to be here with you. The Citizens Local Energy Action Network, also known as CLEAN, is a nonprofit group focused on shrinking the Fargo area's carbon footprint. They plan to present their idea to Fargo's Sustainable and Resiliency Committee at 3 p.m. meeting on Tuesday, November 22nd in City Hall. The plan is to require new apartment buildings to have at least 20% of their parking spots outfitted with the infrastructure necessary to charge an electric vehicle, said Sonia Kair, uh, chair of the Citizens Local Energy Action Network. So, uh, start here, right? I am thrilled that there are advocacy groups that come out and help a move, move initiative forward. Because even if I, whether I agree with your initiative or disagree with your initiative, I love the idea that there are very passionate people that come out and fight for what they believe in. And I have a tremendous amount of respect for people that do that. Because if, if for example, you go and advocate for clean energy, you know more about the options available for clean energy because you have that conversation all the time. So if, when I'm interested in learning about, well, what are the benefits to clean energy and why would we want to consider that? These are the kind of people I'm interested in talking to because these are the people that get it. And I know that because on the other side, I've been a part of advocacy groups and I can tell you, like you because you're routinely engaged in the discussion, it's like a point for point thing, right? You've heard it all and you know what the answers to all the questions are. That's what founds what you believe in. And so I want to start by by saying I'm glad that there are people out there that are doing this. I'm glad that there are people that are thinking about this and I'm glad that there are people that are advocating for this. I would also add living in an apartment and having an electric car is a huge problem. It's a huge problem. And if we want to reevaluate the, we, the way that we look at energy and we want to look at the way that we reevaluate the way that we travel, then we absolutely have to take the time to look at how we evaluate refueling our vehicles. Because the amount of time that it takes to recharge an electric car precludes charging stations from operating like gas stations. I mean, you can certainly have that. But it's not terribly appealing to somebody if you tell them, hey, yeah, you buy this car and then uh, just, uh, you know, once every few days, you just go park in a parking lot for four hours and hang out. Uh, <laughs> there's convenience uh, inside the shop. They've got uh, stuff for sale at ridiculously overpriced. But uh, it's not real appealing, right? Now, take the car home, plug it into your garage. That's getting a little better. Charges up overnight and you don't feel like you ever have to stop at the gas station because the car just has energy. So not so bad. Unless you live in an apartment, you live in an apartment and you're parking outdoors. Well, now you have a new problem because there isn't a part. There isn't a charger there. What do you do? And funny enough. The first person I ever personally knew that purchased an electric car lived in an apartment 
And that was a saga. So my friend calls me and tells me he purchased a Tesla and says, I'm going to drive it up to I'm going to drive it up to Grand Forks. I want you to take a look at it. So he did. And we drove around and it was very cool. And he had purchased a device. And it's essentially like a little weight. okay? and it has a little clip on it and it clips onto the steering wheel. And I said, what in the world is that thing for? And he said, the Tesla is almost autonomous to where you can it will drive itself. You put in the destination, it calculates how much how much energy it needs and if it has the charge to do it, and then it essentially drives itself there. It makes the lane change the whole nine yards. The problem is they don't want people to just like fall asleep and let the car drive itself. So what they do is they want input from the driver. They recognize input as any sort of force on the steering wheel. So somebody somewhere figured out, hey, here's the amount of weight required to create, quote unquote, input on the steering wheel and designed it into this little, you know, contraption that has essentially a weight. You clip it on the steering wheel and the car thinks that your hands are on the wheel. So he could drive basically anywhere he wanted and never had to touch anything. And so the initial like cool factor of his new car was really sweet. I was really impressed. You know, it, it he absolutely made a trip from Las Vegas and where he lives all the way to North Dakota, found chargers all the way along the way. All of it worked out great. And, you know, I thought that's really cool. It's a really cool toy. But then I started asking him, you live in an apartment. How do you charge your car? And what he told me floored me. So there's two. Well, there's three kinds of chargers, but there are two main kind of chargers. There's the one that they give you when you buy the car, which is just your normal plug into your regular outlet and wait for the car to charge up. And he tells me that that takes like 12 to 20 hours for it to completely recharge the vehicle. There's another option. There's a supercharger, which can do it in like four or six hours. But you have to go find a location that has these superchargers. So because he couldn't install a charger in his apartment, because there were no outlets outside of his apartment, one day a week, he would drive to one of these superchargers and he would sleep in his car for the night. And that's that's how he charged his car. They would they'd go to work and get done with work and go back home. And, you know, one week later, he'd repeat the process because he didn't have a way to charge his car at home. And it would take too long, even with the supercharger, to try to fit that into his workday. So he slept in his car. And I thought that I you couldn't pay me enough to own. A, I'd push a car sideways up a hill before I bought a car that I have to sleep in. In order to charge the stupid thing. What a ridiculous idea. And so when I see that the this advocacy group comes out and says, hey, electric cars are a real problem and they're never going to take off if we don't have the ability to recharge them in an apartment. They're 100 percent right. Electric cars are never going to take off if you can't charge them if you live in an apartment. And oh, by the way, if you've not been paying attention to the latest generation of of young adults, they don't value property ownership. You know, the, when I grew up and frankly, most of my redneck friends, you know, our highest uh, you know, aim in life is to go buy a piece of land out in the middle of nowhere, buy a bunch of guns and hang out and do nothing but have bonfires and shoot and enjoy each other's company a long, 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 long way away from the political influence of, you know, people which just want to be left alone. That is not the experience that a lot of young people are going for they don't care about 
maintaining a piece of property. They don't care about having, you know, the snowblower so that you're self-sufficient and you can not only blow your driveway, but then, you know, the next nine driveways down, as Dr. Mark Jendrysik was saying a few weeks ago. Now, that is something of a foregone generation. The new generation wants, and I'm using my air finger quotes here, experiences, life experiences. They want to travel. They want to do things. And of course, all of that stuff costs money. So where does it come from? Well, they don't save for a house. They don't save for a property. Instead, they live in massive apartment complexes. And if you have any doubts about that being the direction that society is very rapidly moving, I would encourage you to go look around town at what's going up. More and more large apartment buildings, one after the other. Sometimes there's so many of them in a row that I go to drop my kids off for whatever their various lessons are. And if it's at an apartment, oftentimes I'll get the address and I'm like, I drive down. And I'm like, so which one of these nine buildings that are all identical is the, is the, the, you know, the unit that this one lives in? Cause that's what we've come to. So if you're taking that direction in society where we don't value property ownership, we don't, we don't value maintaining your own thing. And at the same time, we're trying to make this move towards electric cars. Then we have to have a way to charge those electric cars in apartments. Here's the problem statement. The problem statement is, again, we're kind of putting the cart before the horse, aren't we? We haven't even really begun to roll out electric cars yet. It's at the very forefront. It definitely hasn't reached here in North Dakota. They're just starting in larger cities and they're still working out the kinks. So it's going to be a long, long, long time before, you know, the guy out in Lankin, North Dakota or Adams, North Dakota buys an electric car because it's a 70 mile journey to get into civilization. And if you get stranded somewhere, that's literally a life or death thing. So to mandate that new apartments set aside 20% of their space for parking for electric vehicles and then the necessary infrastructure that she can plug a charger into it seems a bit excessive to me and seems like it's a little bit, again, the cart before the horse. But I'm interested in your thoughts at 775-5559. Our question, should we be putting electric chargers inside of new apartment buildings? There could all from the from the article, there could always there could be opposition from the apartment owners. Because the initial expense of installing the infrastructure, they can seek a 30% federal tax credit to offset the costs. She recommends that the city provide incentives as well. So what you're, what you're reading there, in, we, 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 we dress it up in flowerly language. But really what we're saying is up, apartment owners aren't willing to do this on their own cost because it's going to be very expensive. They anticipate that they will have a very difficult time passing that expense off to the renter, telling somebody, hey, your apartment was going to cost you $1,200 a month. Now it's going to cost you $1,900 a month. Why? Because we have 20% of our parking space that has all of, that has been outfitted for electric cars. Yeah, but I don't have an electric car. Well, too bad. We have 20% of our, our space that is, is set aside. So now you're going to pay an increase in rent. And of course, this goes, we try to fly this under the radar, right? We don't want to acknowledge the fact that there is no such thing. There is no such thing as doing it for free. You either pay for it and this, uh, they are calling it city incentives. I'll just say it. You're going to pay for it instead because they don't want to pay for it or the federal government pays for it. And when, again, because the federal government has no ability to produce income in and of itself, it can only spend what it first takes from somebody else. 
775-5559. You're on KNOX. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, first of all, before I address the, the issue, I'm on a related topic. Uh, just read an article right here today. Uh, estimate to upgrade the grid to handle the all-electric way we want to go, four to seven trillion. Mm-hmm. Four wow. Seven, that's just the grid. Uh, where do you think that's going to come from? Uh, but on, on your point on this, uh, uh, I'm shocked. I say that I'm shocked that the government's going to try and attempt to mandate something. Uh, once again, if we just let the free market go, they'll decide if they wanted to put that in or not. Uh, and you hit the nail on the head. What will happen is the government will mandate it. They'll set up some program and then you and I will pay for it. So some person who just bought a, $70,000 electric car that lives in a $2,000 a month apartment can be can have the convenience of a charge right there. Mm-hmm. Well, and to be fair, it's uh, it's uh, I would say it's one step below convenience insofar as it it is literally the difference between being able to own an electric car or not because to me trying to rely on public charging doesn't seem like a practical solution if it takes 4 hours to charge. Well, the, the issue though is uh, are they concerned about how I get my fuel for my car? No, of course not. If they cared about stuff well, like that, if they cared about stuff like that, they would just go buy a house and put their own charger in. Exactly. If you want a charger, you figure it out. Uh, here you go. Go to an apartment that's got a garage and have a uh, charger installed. I looked into that. So the reason that that doesn't work is the chargers require even the level one chargers, like the, the like the lowest end one won't work off of a 15 amp circuit. They want to see a 30 amp circuit and ideally a 40 amp circuit. And most of the outlets and garages are really designed like an apartment garages are designed for like a single light or to operate like an overhead door. And they're usually like a 15 or 20 amp circuit at the most. So what you're saying is then, the building codes, the government is not only going to mandate the charging system, they're going to make the company that builds the apartment build a higher end yes. electrical system to be able to handle it. Yes. And, and, so it, and if you think what about do you think that's and what do you think that's going to do to rent? Uh, it's going to drop or no, not drop. Let me hold on. Let me carry the one. Ah, it'll go up. The rent will go up because they'll have to offset the costs. And the rent will go up for. Just the people that have the electric, ch- or whatever. Well, of course, that would be fair. Oh no, 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 no! Everyone, everyone will have to pay more. Yeah, mm-hmm. because you won't be able. Yeah, thank well, you. I tell you what. Here, I, I thank you for the call. I suppose you could do this, right? I suppose you could split the difference. You could say, "Here is an apartment complex. We put in these twenty percent of electric charging spaces. So, if you don't have an electric car, your price for the apartment is you know fifteen hundred dollars or fourteen hundred dollars, and." If you have an electric car and you want to take advantage of this extra thing, then, you know, you pay an extra hundred bucks a month and we'll give you one of these 20 percent spaces. Now, that kind of brilliant idea would come to light if the apartment manager or the person that owned the apartment was the one responsible for doing this, because they would look at it and say, how are we going to offset this cost? We're going to have to pass the cost on to people. Well, people won't want to pay more for rent. Well, the people that have electric cars will. Ah, I know what we'll do. We'll market to the people that already have the cars and we'll have them come rent an apartment from us instead of the other guy, because we will let them charge their car. And we have that available for an extra hundred bucks. See how the free market works? This is Critical Thought. Noah Chalaya, weekdays 9 to noon on KNOX and KNOXradio.com.
Radio 1310, KNOX 107.9, 103.3 FM. Good morning, 1026 and 22. The latest headlines out of the KNOX newsroom are on the way. Text messenger says, you wouldn't sleep in your car to charge it, but you would drive to Sioux Falls to eat? Uh, yeah. Does an electric vehicle have fried chicken? A buffet of fried chicken and mashed potatoes and a dessert bar? I think not. American eating has not been the same since Royal Fork last Grand Forks. I'll just put that out there right now. I I would trade just about anything to go have another meal at Royal Fork. Miss that place a lot. Another text messenger writes to 775-5559 and says, take cars out of the equation. New York and I believe New Jersey in 2030 are estim- are, limit- are eliminating natural gas space heating and water heating in new construction. Again, that might work for highly condensed metro areas in where you're all living on top of one another. Uh, this could quite possibly work when you have, you know, 50 below zero before the windshield. And then on top of that, you're spread out. It becomes a lot more difficult to do some of those things. If you're just joining us, we're talking about a proposal down in Fargo to require new apartment buildings to install outlets that are compatible with higher wattage needs of electric vehicle chargers. This comes in the wake of people wanting to purchase electric cars, the push towards electric cars, but the inability to do so if you live in an apartment. So our question today at 775-5559, would you support changing the building code to require the installation of electric electrical capacity for charging EVs? Now, I would point out that one of the things I thought was kind of interesting here, they're not providing the actual chargers. They're not mandating that the apartments provide the actual chargers, which would, you know, be significantly more expensive. And there'd be a maintenance cost associated with that. Instead, they're really just requiring that the outlets are there. And that's not insignificant in and of itself, because as we learned from Steve Wozvik last week, that's a 40 amp circuit for each one of those cars. 775-5559, you're on KNOX. Good morning. There was a previous caller that was asking, who's going to pay for that? Who's going to pay for that? Uh, My question to that fellow would be, who pays for any progress? Are we still using combines where you haul the sheaves over to the thrasher? You know, who pays for it? Well, in the case of farming equipment, though, a farmer pays for for the new equipment, don't they? Progress costs. Huh? Well, in the case of farming, though, like the innovations in farming, the farmer buys the new tractor, the farmer buys the new implement, and then they use it, right? Yes. Yes. But I'm just saying progress. You know, the farmer had to pay, but progress costs progress. Sure. But shouldn't the person benefiting from the thing be the one paying for it? Take the medical field, then. Take the medical field. Mm -hmm. You know, any, any progress in the country, any progress in the world costs money. I agree. But like in the case of the medical field, you know, yes, you're right. What we can do with medicine today is insane compared to what we could do 30 years ago with implantable devices. But those twenty, thirty thousand dollar devices are being paid for by the patient. Yes. Yep. Yep. Cool. So, yeah, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you, but we have to pay. Yeah. What I'm saying is, yes, but, you know, the patient pays, the farmer pays, we pay. Everybody pays for progress. You're you're not wrong. You're 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 not wrong at all. Um, I just want the people that are benefiting from the progress to be the ones footing the bill for the progress. I guess is kind of where I'm at with that. All right, ten thirty, KNOX Newsroom. Doug Barrett. He's got news. That's next.
775-5559. That is the number to add your voice to the conversation. Become a part of the program. You're on KNOX. Good morning. Say, uh, I used, uh, I think, poor examples about uh, medical, you know, who pays for medical advances, who pays for uh, farm machinery. How about interstate highways? How okay. about street cleaning? That kind of stuff. Sure. You yeah. know, everybody benefits. I live across from an apartment building with, uh, I believe there's nine or 18 apartments in that building, and there isn't one car parked out there. They still pay for street cleaning. Okay. So I guess my question would be what, so I agree with you on street cleaning, interstate, those kinds of things, lots of recipients of the benefits of that. My question would be, what is the benefit to anybody outside of the apartment building? There is lots of benefits to saving the earth from global warming. Okay. Lots of benefits to everyone. And you think that by doing this, then we can get people that are in apartments and if, and you know, it's an economy of scale thing. You get enough apartments that are doing this, you get enough people that are doing this. Now you can make a real change. Well, I think we have to start someplace and that's a good start. I think anything we can do, everything we can do. And I think that's a very good idea and a very good start. Okay. I appreciate the call. Thanks for your opinion. Seven seven five fifty five fifty nine. You're on KNOX. Good morning. Yeah, I don't see how it really costs anybody other than the people that are renting the apartments. I guess the people building the apartments, you know, the apartment owners, those are who are going to have to pay for it. It's not like they're going to, if it's a change to the building code, it's not like they're going to have to go back to every apartment that no. already exists correct. to redo it. Yep, that's it's correct. It's just from the ones being built here forth. So then the people that renting apartments, they're the ones that are probably going to have to flip the cost. But I'll be honest with you, the change from... I'm assuming they're probably pulling number 12s or number 10s out to those uh, parking lot outlets. Okay. I mean, so now they're going to have to pull number 8s, number 6s. It's not really that big of a difference. Okay. So so they basically put like a little sub-panel that then feeds the, the, char- the, the row of chargers kind of a thing? That's what I would do. Okay. And when you say number six, you're talking about like six aug wire as opposed to like 12 gauge wire? Yeah, AWG. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's good to know. So, so really a little bit of an increase in cable, but really the man hours to pull the cable is roughly the same. And then there'd probably be yep. a little bit of an additional expense to put the posts in to put them, you know, outlets in or whatever. But they're already probably doing that right. for and the that, heater blocks and stuff. Yep. Yep. And then the conduit size is probably not really going to change much because, I mean, if you're running anything smaller than three quarter inch conduit out to a underground, you you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that uh, great great points. I appreciate the call. Thank you. Seven seven five fifty five fifty nine. You're on KNOX. Good morning. Good morning. I might like to uh, talk about the critical thought when it comes to farming and uh, medical procedures. So farming, we all pay for with. Uh, I think uh, Tom Campbell is one of the guys who's received the most federal funding in farm subsidies. We've got the sugar program. We've got tax incentives for buying machinery. And when we talk about like medical devices, who pays for this? We all pay for it because it's, it all gets paid for with insurance. (laughs) You know, so when somebody has a hip replaced or your mom has a, a knee, her, both her knees replaced, it's, Everyone is pitching in on that, but we all benefit because that person is happier and in less pain. 
So it is a shared cost. Everything's a shared cost. And progress, like like with your critical thought, everybody knew that it wouldn't cost that much more to just uh, hollow uh, or put in a little thicker wire. That didn't take too much critical thought to realize that we're already, the infrastructure's already there in most cases. And then two, the... Um, just think in 97, if there wasn't regulations to upgrade the circuit panels, half the homes would still be on fuses. You know, so there's not much critical thought on your part. Well, I I appreciate the call. Um, obviously, I, I respectfully disagree. So there's, there's a couple things there. So the insurance policyholder pays the premium. Then when the insurance policyholder has a medical problem, they go into a medical provider and are provided a service because they first purchased an insurance premium and had been paying that for however long they had. The insurance company then covers the cost of the device. The insurance company, because they are a business and can only exist in two columns, income and outgo, has to, by the rules of math, take in more money than they spend. So on average, the insurance company is going to insure people, not that Obamacare isn't trying to tear this apart, but at the moment, the insurance company insures people and takes in more money in terms of premiums than they spend out in terms of claims. And that's how they stay afloat. And they have all sorts of mathematical algorithms to help them calculate that. They have all sorts of fraud people on staff to make sure that people that are getting procedures or devices really need them. And I've had firsthand experiences, as many of you know, my father is a, is a physician and he uses some of these devices, which don't get me wrong, fundamentally transform people's lives. You put in a $20,000 device and somebody who couldn't get off their couch anymore or it was in a nursing home is now back at their house. So it's a great thing, but they cost a lot of money. And so when he goes to put these devices in people, the insurance company, often they have their own cardiologist on staff and that guy will go through the medical record and go, I want to know why you think this person needs this thing. And then they have to justify it. As far as farm subsidies, I'm perfectly fine saying we shouldn't subsidize anything. Government should just get out of subsidizing stuff. You want to farm? Farm. You don't want to farm? Don't farm. But the government shouldn't pay for it. 775-5559. You're on KNOX. Good morning. Well, let me trigger some more calls. Man-made climate change is a lie, a scam, a sham, a fake, a hoax, a fabrication. For those who just – I'm glad all those just callers just called in. For the, this is their thinking. We're thirty-one trillion dollars at the federal level, and they're going to spend more on this scam of a Green New Deal. Just so you know, within a few short years, the interest on the national debt. Side note: for those of you who don't think the raising of rates is going to affect you, as the rates go up, then the rates the government has to pay to borrow more money goes up. Within a few short years, we're going to be spending more money paying down the interest of the national debt than we are for the national defense. I hope you all heard that. You know, and I get some of you are probably happy about that because if you had your way, we probably would have even less national defense. But these raising interest rates and this Green New Deal are going to speed up the bankrupting of this country. Yeah, it it is terrifying. It just it is it is terrifying that we're we're now like when I start doing the math on it, it's like we're into my great great grandchildren's money that we're spending. That's how far ahead. Or, well, really behind, I guess, we are. Yes, and, and I also, two, two things I'll go. Uh, number one, uh, 
If it's such a great deal, the private sector would be doing this already. The fact that you have to mandate it tells you all you need to know. <laughs> They'll do it when they think it's worth it. Well, And, and it, it, it's just that simple. And in closing, I hope you heard all these. There was a row of colors on a row. The phrase I could use to sum up with their thought is collective. For those of you who don't get it, collective, think Soviet Union and China. I am not here as a global citizen for the benefit of all. And, and they, it's all about control, and you're just a mind-numb moment stamped with the number. Go enjoy your kale, eat your bugs, and we'll tell you where you can live. I can go on and on. Thanks, Noah. Have a great day. Once again, in closing, lie, scam, sham, fake, hoax, fabrication. It's all about the Great Reset and control. Thank you. I appreciate the call. 775-5559. You're on KNOX. Good morning. I have to respond to that last caller as a uh, horse hockey. You know, we collectively pay for everything in this country. Should I name a few? How about Tesla? How about big oil? How about banks too big to fail? How about Boeing? Wall Street? How about pharmaceutical companies that we that we do the research and development over 40% of? Mm-hmm. And, and fund and their research. on and on. Mm-hmm. How about, you know, so as far as us always having to have a, we, we do as an American society, we, we do have to collectively think about certain things if we want to function as a whole. You know, this business about Terry's idea about I got mine to hell with the rest of you, that's not a society that functions well. Would you agree? I'm, I would half agree with you. I, would ha- I, I agree that a society filled with selfish people would not be an enjoyable place to live. But I would also push back a little bit to say that just because somebody is selfish doesn't give you the right to take what they earned. Well, it does if they want to. It, it does if it, if it benefits society as a whole. See, that's where you and I would disagree. And that's what we that- do. That's what we do. We, we, government in and of itself has three functions. Who gets it? Where does it come from? And how much do they get? End of story. And it's, I would argue that this country has all kinds of money, and it's how we allocate those funds that's been the difference. But, sir, it isn't our money to allocate. $2.5 trillion dollars to, to the richest of the rich, don't tell me we can't afford to pay for education and health care in this country. I don't buy it. Well, I think if you treat the collective wealth of a nation, then I think your argument makes perfect sense. I think once you start acknowledging individual liberty, that once what somebody has earned is the, you know, is the sweat of his own brow, then I think it gets a little bit more challenging because not everybody can afford health care. Not everybody can afford education. That's why we collectively pay for it. We collectively pay for this infrastructure, which... If you even if you listen to some of the Republicans that were on board with it, have decided that this infrastructure plan is going to be a fantastic thing mm-hmm. in the end. You know, we're already seeing the effects. So look at what Kevin Kramer just said. We're getting a $114 million battery processing plant in North Dakota because of this. Yeah, but I mean, again, so, is, so let me ask you this, point blank. Do you think that batteries are environmentally friendly? I think that there is... You know, they're, they're probably, you know, no, I, I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't say that they are, but you know, neither is fossil fuel. Okay. okay? So it's progress is how you would... battery life and the new technology is that it will eventually, it will eventually get better. Okay. So it has the potential to achieve clean energy with... and you don't have that with carbon fuel. I can see that argument. 
we're not going to well, look. It's going to be a combination of all the new technologies that's going to that's going to energize this country. Okay, do I agree that it might be going too fast? Probably, but I'll tell you what. At least we're having the conversation. It's a conversation we should have had fifty years ago. Yeah, well, I I think you're onto something. I would I, I the only pushback I'd have on the fifty year thing is like. I don't think battery technology was where it is today, 50 years ago. So I think that's helped tremendously. But And computers, too. My gosh. You know, you need a way to manage all the electricity. So I think there's been some innovation that allows it to be possible today and maybe wasn't possible even 50 years ago. But I see what you're saying. There's a potential for clean energy, and that goes out the window if we're just married to fossil fuels. All right, take the break here. This is Critical Thought. Noah Chalaya, weekdays 9 to noon on KNOX and KNOXradio.com. It's time. The project and to-do list is too long. Let Todd Williams Construction get your projects done. Don and Mike used Todd Williams Construction and could not be happier. For us, he had done some smaller remodels in our house and then a bigger remodel in the kitchen and the master bedroom. And then we also had him work on our pool house and a man cave at the shop that we had built. It's time to get things started and choose Todd Williams Construction. The cleanup every day, they just make it easy to live around very conscious of our home and our interiors did a good job when he did our kitchen up he had made a calendar he had on that calendar that he was going to be done christmas eve and he was done that morning call todd today at 701-739-6675 or find them on facebook search todd williams construction yeah i'd rate him as excellent everything about the project i would recommend todd williams and his crew to anybody as i have done in the past great people to work with The unexpected cost of a sudden HVAC replacement in your home can feel overwhelming. At Bears Home Solutions, we believe everyone deserves to enjoy a safe, cozy home without breaking the bank. That's why we offer flexible financing plans to qualified homeowners. From small indoor air quality installations to big HVAC repairs, our team is here to help you navigate your payment options. To learn more, visit BearsHomeSolutions.com or call 701-775-5522. Canada Wax and CL Linfoot are proud to announce the winner of the Furnace for Your Service contest. Veteran Chris Primo is the winner of the Furnace. Chris served in the National Guard. He was deployed in Iraq. Chris is always willing to help others and is very deserving of a new furnace. Canada Wax and CL Linfoot are proud to provide this contest each year for local veterans in need of a furnace in the Grand Forks area. Saturday, November 19th, Spirit Lake Casino and Resort proudly presents Parmalee, live in concert with special guest Love and Theft. Parmalee, 2016 ACM New Vocal Duo Group of the Year nominee and platinum-selling Band of Brothers, live in concert with Love and Theft. Saturday, November 19th at 7 p.m. Make it a weekend you'll never forget. Tickets, reservations, and details at spiritlakecasino.com. Great stories start here. Highway 57 South, St. Michael, North Dakota. The North Dakota Line. 
Lottery's 2x2 Instant Win Promotion is back. Just buy a 7-draw 2x2 ticket for only $7 to get a chance at a $500 Instant Win or a free 7-draw ticket. This promotion is only going on now through December 3rd, so get your tickets today. Don't miss your chance to instantly win $500 or a 7-draw ticket. You could be the next winner from the North Dakota Lottery. Imagine the possibilities. In farming, there's no such thing as an overnight success. Success happens one step, one season, one decision at a time. And small changes can make big gains possible. At Bremer Bank, our bankers are ready to talk with you about your next step, whatever it might be. Because right now, relationships matter more than ever. And understanding is everything. Find out more at bremer.com. Your child struggling? We can help. At Dakota Boys and Girls Ranch, your child will receive best-in-class treatment to help them heal and grow. Call the ranch, 701-354-4181, or go to dakotaranch.org slash get help. Your home is where memories are made, where your family and friends gather, and where life is celebrated. L Interiors wants to take this time to thank all their past and current customers for a wonderful year turning dreams into reality. They also want to wish everyone a happy and safe holiday season. And remember to keep track of Santa's L's at L Interiors this busy holiday season. Watch the L Interiors Facebook page for fun things the Santa's L's will be doing and sharing to celebrate the holidays. Local views, local issues. Your calls with Noah Chalaya. Weekdays at 9 on KNOX. Untag lieben, glauben, globen. News Radio 1310 KNOX 1079-1033 FM. Welcome back. 22 out. The phone line 775-5559. You're on KNOX. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Going Hello? once. That's you. Oh, that's me? That's you. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, I didn't hear the click. Uh, so about the, this whole collective thing, um, I hate to burst Terry's bubble, but as soon as, you know, I feel like the words, we, the people, you know, a government for us, by us, all that kind of goes towards a sort of collective, doesn't it? Sure. For a very, for, for a, for a shared of common interests though, right? For an agreed upon shared of common interests. So that would be article one, section eight is where we would find the 18 things that we agree on are the things that all 50 states should collectively contribute to, to provide for everyone. Right. And now, don't get me wrong, I am not for forcing this green initiative down our throats. I think it's too early in the, you know, I, I don't think we have it panned out enough. I mean, batteries are insane. Like you were saying, with not just the, uh, let's just talk the technological side of a battery. Uh-huh. These batteries, I mean, they have to be programmed. Like, you got to link up with them with a computer and program them to talk to the other batteries and talk to the mind on the, you know, the processor mm-hmm. on the car itself. Like, it's ridiculous. And the fact that how much they cost and all that stuff. But I just, I guess my point is, is that, you know, we can't get away from a collective. I mean, it's what our country's based on. 
I mean, if you want it to not be a collective, we can go and we can have a king that all of our money goes to. And, you know, we can support a really, really, really wealthy family like uh, Great Britain. <laughs> yeah. I, I what, guess that's what, my point. You know, th- th- I think it's valid. I just, what would be wrong with taking the individual liberty approach and allowing people to act in their own rational self-interest? So, like... You want an electric car, nobody's stopping you. Go buy one. You want to charge it, go buy an electric char, car charger. You live in an apartment, you don't own that thing, so you don't get a say in it. You just need to go buy a piece of property of yourself. Right. No, I, I agree with the code just because of the fact. You know what You know what bothers me more about code changes? What's that? Let's look at, on the electrical side, to uh, redo a panel inside a house, an electrical panel. Now. Are you going to bring up arc you fault circuit breakers? Arc fault. GFDI oh, baby! <laughs> I mean, have, you uh, want to talk about code regulations that's going to cost us out the uh-huh. pre I mean... $4 to $25 oh, per breaker. What do you mean? You're talking 40? more like 60 because a lot of those have to be combination. GFCI and arc fault throughout most of your house. Remind me, who if drove that change? Was it GF- people that asked for more safety? You know, they were... Insurance. Cons- oh, interesting. Ah, okay. Yep. Yep. Oh, no, you got a point there. <laughs> That was insurance companies that, so the arc fault came about, it initially started in bedrooms uh-huh. because too many headboards were banging against the wall and, you know, causing the, uh, whatever was plugged in behind it to short out and cause a fire. Mm-hmm. Right? So then they put in arc fault protection, which sensed an arc, right? it sensed the quick increase. And uh, at first, even vacuums would trip them. Right. Yes. You know, we they've moved- gotten better, but. I, I appreciate what you're saying. I, I'm up. I'm, I'm kind of tight on time, but oh, no. I, I ha- when we moved into our new house in 2015, I, or well, sorry, before we moved into 2015, moved into our house, we had that same problem where the, the vacuum cleaner would trip the breaker. And that's exactly what it was. Yep. So that's yeah, nuts. <laughs> but I'd say that's worse than this. I mean, this really isn't much of a code change. Like, they already put the outlets out there. It's most of the structure's there. It's just bigger wire. Okay. Well, good. Good Wait. deal. I I feel like I've learned something this hour. I've learned that the, I feel like I've learned that this isn't quite as big of a deal as I had initially thought it was, and maybe a little bit less expensive. Maybe this is just really good uh, future planning. Because can you imagine what it would cost to go tear up all these apartment, you know, parking lots and stuff like that to get the proper gauge wire over. I mean, that's just something you can't go back and do. So why not pull the right wire the first time? Take the last break here. This is Critical Thought. Local views, local issues. Your calls with Noah Chalaya. Weekdays at 9 on KNOX. On the way, ABC News followed by local news headlines out of the KNOX newsroom with Doug Barrett. Coming up. In the next hour, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about young lawmakers. They're coming out in forces, a conservative movement. That's up next. News Radio 1310 KNOX. Thanks for listening to Critical Thought. Download the show notes at criticalthought.show. The content from this episode was taken from the live radio show, which airs every weekday from 9 a.m. to noon on News Talk 1310 KNOX. Streamed online. KNOXradio.com